Oh, yeah. Hour number two on a Wednesday. Getting a little bit closer to a wild and crazy college football matchup in Austin. It is now going to be the number four ranked TCU Horn Frogs coming to town. They get a little playoff love from the committee last night. We've been talking about that. We've been talking about a different kind of love, a kind of love that creates a flip when it comes to a big-time defensive end at the high school level, flipping from OU to Texas. We'll get into that. We'll get into the game discussion and maybe even a prediction with our next guest. Probably have to talk Cowboys Packers too, right? Because he's a Cowboys guy. Yeah, we do it every Wednesday about this time. By the way, it's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings, Isaiah Collier, alongside. And on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, let's talk to Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424. Justin, how are you? Hey, now. Gentlemen, I'm doing pretty well. How about you guys in Austin? Man, we're doing good. It's good. Can't complain. Doing good. Ready for this matchup. We're going to get your thoughts on uh, on what Texas is facing this weekend. But we got to start with these recruiting stories, man. Some huge stuff happening this week. Let's go in reverse order. Yesterday afternoon, uh, Colton Vosick, the Westlake talented defensive lineman, tweets out just 4 p.m. And a lot of people thought they knew what that meant, and they knew exactly what that meant. He ends up flipping from OU to Texas. What can you tell Longhorn fans about uh, about Colton's decision? Yeah, um, I went to see Colton probably, I want to say about three or four weeks ago. Uh, I went and caught a real early morning uh, Westlake practice. And the reason I went is because we had heard that this was probably going to happen. And so it was a chance to kind of catch up with him and, and, and get on the same page, but you know, when he went to Texas OU and, and watched that thrashing by UT 49 to nothing and sitting in the OU side, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And, and that, to me, is a true Longhorn. When you, you, you get those vibes because you're, you're, you're maybe a, a little too far up north. Hmm. Uh, just understand, Colton Vosick is, is such a playmaker and such a, a, a guy at a need position. Uh, Texas really needed to nail the edge spot in this 2023 class, and I think Bostic does that really well. He was part of the Twin Towers with uh, former Westlake uh, outside uh, defensive end and, and current Texas Longhorn, uh, Ethan Burke. And so I, I think he, a lot of this has just been kind of building up. Uh, this wasn't something that happened over the weekend or anything like that. I think this was something that was kind of building over the last month or so. And so at the end of the day, you know, Texas, they didn't let up. As soon as Vosick committed in, over the summer, they kept coming. They kept recruiting. And, you know, Bobby Burton and I talked about it last night on the On Texas Football YouTube channel. We talked about how Sark is playing the long game with a lot of these guys. And that means, hey, you may not get them early, but stick with them. Recruit through the whistle. Continue to build that relationship. Put a good product on the field. And then good things happen. And so far, I think that's what the Colton Boschick recruitment was. Play the long game. Uh, stick with him. Showing something good on the field. Ethan Burke has flashed this year. We, we've seen some actual talent at you know uh, rushing the passer, and that to me, I think, got Boschick's attention. Not to mention, there are half dozen Austin Westlake former teammates at Texas right now, and those guys do a tremendous job recruiting their own. And so, right now, the pipeline from Westlake to UT uh, continues to flow. Uh, with four star after four star, and, and and Texas isn't done. They still they are still very interested in, in wide receiver Jaden Greathouse. He's committed to Notre Dame. He's going to be on campus this weekend. Um, 
you know, there's still a lot of, a lot of other guys that they're, they're still taking it, you know, paying attention to. But this was a, an, an example of the long game. You know, stick with it. Make sure you put a good product on the field and build that relationship. And that's what Boshik saw. That's what he's seen over, you know, the last three months of this season. Texas has been in a good spot. They've played really good defense uh, for the most part, you know, before a lot of the injuries in the back end. And so uh, Boshik decided, you know, it's, it, it was time. Uh, we kind of thought it was going to happen when it happened, but a month ago I thought it might stretch out further, uh, you know, towards the end of uh, towards closer to signing day. Bostic didn't want to waste any time. He went went ahead, made the flip, and now he's going to be a Longhorn, and he is definitely coming in in a, in a neat position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay Wells, it's a beautiful thing, and one thing that Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff they're taking advantage of, which they have to, is I guess the how dysfunctional places like Oklahoma and Texas A&M are. How important is it to capitalize on those two schools, especially struggling, and now you got college game day coming into town where you could really make some noise on getting yourself to play in the Big 12 championship? Well, unfortunately, with social media, too often perception is reality. And, and with recruiting, that's kind of the way it goes. And with Texas A&M absolutely being a sinkhole in college football and Oklahoma being mediocre for the first time in a while, that's, that's an open invitation right there. Because I think, you know, people that have covered the Longhorns and follow the Longhorns and, and, and you know, lifelong fans of, of Texas, they understand when Texas is doing well, when they're winning, when they're building momentum, that is a juggernaut. They recruit lights out. It's because Austin and the school sells itself. The program sells itself. And so to me, I think it's, you know, a bigger picture. It's just you want to pay attention to those other teams because recruits are paying attention. I guarantee you Colton Boschick was watching Oklahoma get humbled every Saturday. Like Anthony Hill, who's also going to be in this weekend, five-star linebacker out of Denton Ryan. He decommits from A&M right after scheduling a visit to Texas. That's another example of the long game. You know, he committed to A&M over the summer after a great official visit to Texas. Texas was number two in the race. When you've got Arch Manning and Cooper Manning texting you on your visit, that made an impression on him. But it didn't make the impression at the time. It was the long game. It was watching these teams, you know, play well. It was watching the defense play well. I think Anthony sees himself as a, as a guy that could play early at Texas at, at linebacker, and, he could be, and that could be true. And so I think that's why they're in a great position for him as well. But, yeah. Sark and these guys, you have to pounce when these other programs are down. And the two programs that they're going to battle the most kids for on a regular basis are OU and Texas A&M. It is a perfect storm of recruiting momentum. And all Texas has to do is continue to look good on the field and put a few more W's on the board. So, Justin, just to finish up on Hill there, any schedule for him coming up soon, or do you think he goes all the way to signing day before he ultimately decides? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to ask him that. Matter of fact, today, uh, you know, he had told he had told a source that he, he probably wants to take it to National Signing Day so he can get a you know a better idea of, of how the season will end and how he would be a better fit. Understand, Anthony and his family are are they're they're wonderful, incredible people. Uh, they, they do a great job with their family, and so they're always going to take their time. You're never going to see those guys get in a rush. You have to understand. I've known Anthony since he was a freshman in high school. This kid was getting offers when he was 14 years old. Mm. And so he's been through a recruitment. <laughs> That's crazy. Entire, he's been recruited since his entire time in high school. 
And so he wants to make absolutely certain where, where his next choice is. And so right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took it to National Signing Day. But then again, if Texas runs off a, a big win at TCU and, and then goes on the road, beats Kansas, and then knocks off Baylor at home, I think it'll be a lot more difficult for him to not pull the trigger instead of waiting till uh, mid-December. Yeah, Jay Wells, when I was 14, I was winning Madden tournaments. These guys are getting <laughs> recruited by big-time college football schools, man. It's absolutely crazy. But let me ask you about the Horns' big-time dub in Manhattan versus Kansas State, 34-27. 31 points in the first half, only three in the second half, only six points total in both halves or both parts of the second half. You add the Oklahoma State game. That's going to catch up with you sooner or later. How do you think the Horns looked in Manhattan this past Saturday? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I saw the same game you did. Uh, the first half was just absolute domination which I think really gets people's attention because Kansas State was a really good team, especially at home, especially with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum. They were borderline a top-ten program, and so, or top-ten team this year. And so that, to me, was big. But, yeah, there, there, there's still some, some things to fix. And I think the second half is a big thing. Uh, You've got to give Sark and those guys a ton of credit. They really do scheme open a lot of guys. And you see a lot of that in the first half. You see that, that, that play calling and that, that game script go just – flawlessly a lot of the times in the first half. We've seen that a lot from Texas this year. The second half finishing, I think, is the big thing. That's the one they're trying to get over. And, and if you're a Texas fan, I think the biggest thing you, you want to you, you hang your hat on is that they understand B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson have to be a factor in the fourth quarter. They're obviously a factor in the offense. A lot of, the, a lot of it revolves around B. John, you know, obviously, but those, those are the two guys. Those are your two leaders on the team, and they just so happen to probably be your two best NFL prospects currently. So you've got to lean on those guys. Sark's not overthinking this. He's doing that. And also, I think the biggest takeaway from, from, from Kansas State was the bounce back for Quinn Ewers, which we talked about last week, and we, kinda, we, we mentioned that was going to probably happen. That's kind of how Quinn is operating. He doesn't really take a bad, a bad game into the next week. He pretty much forgets it and moves on, and that's one reason he's so special. And I thought the fact that they, they leaned on Bijan and Rashawn, you know, 30 carries for Bijan was huge. That was huge. You know, that might seem like a lot, but for anybody that follows football in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, especially fantasy football, that was one running back per team. And they got 25 to 30 carries a game for 16 weeks a season without bye weeks. And so, at the end of the day, Bijan is an NFL back, and they decided to, to, to use that. And, and, and that's what you're supposed to do. Put your guys in the best position possible and, 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 and be there at the end. Then the biggest key, though, was the defense creating the turnovers. That was huge. Jalen Ford, you know, that he had probably his best game as a Longhorn, creating turnovers, uh, led the team in tackles, leads the Big 12 in, 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 in tackles as well. That was a big thing. I, I think it was more of a get the monkey off your back type deal. Get over that hump of finishing because that's where you get confidence, guys. It's not going through reps and practice and doing it. It's doing it under the lights in front of uh, you know eighty, ninety thousand fans all across television. Uh, you know that's where you get your confidence. And so this kind of win with Kansas State, if they can keep that momentum and keep that game plan and, and find a few more adjustments in the second half to scheme Bijan and Rashawn open a little bit more, get them, get them out off the edge a little bit more. 
I think that's why Texas is starting to look a little bit better. They're starting to click. And this is a team that's just barely lost the three games they've lost. And I think a lot of people need to remember that. And it was just a matter of finishing. Last Saturday was the first example of the culture and the buy-in taking over. For Sark and those guys, they have to maintain that for the next three weeks. Now do you think it takes over, Justin, for this TCU game? TCU's got the opposite problem Texas does. They have had trouble in the middle of games, beginning to middle of games, but they certainly will close the door if you leave it open for them. What do you think about this one? Ultimately, are you leaning Texas in this matchup to get a big home win? You know, if this was in Fort Worth, I think there would be a, there, there should be some worry. Uh, but I'll say this, Texas has been tr- tremendous at home this year. And, and I give the fans a lot of credit. These guys have shown up this season, mm-hmm. and they've been loud. And I'm telling you, that makes a difference. This group just feels like they play better in front of that crowd at home. And Saturday night is going to be live at DKR. This is going to be a group. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a party. And, and for good reason. TCU is an outstanding team. And B. John Robinson said it best postgame after Kansas State. They want to play an undefeated team. They want to play a team like that. They want to play a team that they can knock off. And I think another thing that helped them going into this TCU game, not only beating Kansas State, but now they can control their own destiny. They literally can get to the Big 12 championship game if they take care of their business. They haven't been able to say that in a few years. And I think that's a big factor as well. TCU's coming in with a lot of confidence. They've played a lot of good football. I will say this. Their offense is explosive. Max Duggan is a guy that you've got to pay attention to. He is a, an, he's a uh, kind of a throwback of sorts. I kind of get a Taysom Hill vibe from him a little bit, but he's probably a little bit better of a passer. Quentin Johnson is a future first-round draft pick. Their running backs are so underrated. Kendra Miller out of Mount Enterprise, Texas, a little two-way school in East Texas, is a bowling ball uh, with the football. And so this is going to be a good test because – Texas needs to beat this team. This, this is a TCU team that they, they, they really need to knock these guys off, not just to keep themselves in the Big 12 race, but to keep this momentum in recruiting, to, to, to get closer to a, to a possible New Year's Day bowl game, to get to where this team should be. I, I feel like now we can see the Big 12 as a whole, and Texas might be the most talented group in the, in the conference. So now they got to live up to it. I like that it's at home. I think that gives Texas an advantage. And I really don't like arguing with Las Vegas with, with Vegas because <laughs> they 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 know more than we do. Yeah. I'll promise you that. I, I can't quite bite on that seven point favorite though. I can't. I, I'm a little hesitant on that one. I think that's a little high. I think it'll be a closer game. But like I said, you know, t- Texas is getting TCU at the right time for Texas. If this was before a bye week with the dinged-up secondary, I wouldn't feel as confident. If this was coming off the Oklahoma State loss, I wouldn't feel as confident. But what Texas did in Manhattan, I think, will resonate through this rest, rest of this week. They knew as soon as they got on the plane, Saturday, late, late Saturday night, they knew TCU's next. And that's what you get when you have a lot of, senior, a lot of veterans on the, in this program. You have a, a ton, especially on the defensive side. And I think that's going to be the, 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 the key to getting stops. Because the Texas offense is going to put up points on TCU. This offense is going to score basically on everybody in college football. It's going to be the defense that's going to need to get off the field on third downs and make a few key stops and force a few key turnovers in second half. And so I'm as excited for this game as as any other person just because there's so much at stake. And, And the funniest part is going to be Gary Patterson. When he leaves the house, 
he's got to double check what color she's wearing because I know he's going to be, it's going to be a little confusing for him. It's going to be a little awkward. But at the end of the day, hopefully that man, hopefully he's, you know, crept into the defensive meetings this year and said, yeah, I know that kid. I I recruited him. His tendency is this. Oh, I know that guy there too. His girlfriend just broke up with him. His tendency is that Hmm. when you got a guy like GP giving you a little bit of Intel, I think that can help as well. And so I, I, I like Texas on Saturday simply because of where they're at right now in the season. I probably wouldn't have said this two months ago, but now at home with all this at stake, I think uh, I, I think the Horns will come up to the challenge. All right, Justin's leaning Texas in that one. What about the Cowboys? Are they going to give the Packers their sixth loss in a row? I can't believe I said that out loud. Uh, <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't know what happened to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not real sure, but maybe it's age finally catching up. Yeah. But Green Bay is, is definitely in a slide, and I'm a big Matt LaFleur fan. I think he is a tremendous coach. I really do. But this defense, I mean, it, it, I'll say this. I, I want Dallas to beat Aaron Rodgers pretty much as more as anybody else in, in the NFL outside of maybe Philadelphia and New York. Um, Green Bay has been a thorn for the last 10 or 15 years. Mm. And so I'm still pissed about the Dez caught it game. I'm still upset about the Aaron Rodgers, you know, chunking it to midfield in the oh, playoff. God. What a throw. Those That's the worst one. Boiling, okay, Chad? I still have, I still have issues that, I, that I'm resolving I know. day by day. Yeah. Stuff. And so, but look, look, I think the offense has kind of found its niche. I love how they're leaning more on Tony Pollard, who is a starting caliber NFL running back. And like you said, Green Bay's on a slide right now. Don't give them any reason to think otherwise. Don't let it, don't let up at all. And I think this team actually, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike McCarthy really wants to beat Green Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I don't know if you saw. He got emotional this week talking about it. He's this is a big. Yeah, that's, it's a massive that's game for him. On both sides of the ball for this team. Yeah. Green Bay has been a thorn. And hey, it's one of those things. It's it's like with Texas, you know, dealing with A and M and OU and recruiting when they are down. You better stomp in the throat. Yeah. Not often. That's a good point. That's a great point. Justin Wells, inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll hit you next week. Hey, man. Nothing but love, guys. Great stuff, Thanks, there. Justin. Obviously, big energy around Texas recruiting this week. And uh, as he's telling you there, the Anthony Hill thing, it may go all the way to signing day, or maybe some of these games start to affect it. And the more we're hearing about that Colton Vosick thing, it did uh, the 49 nothing definitely did have an effect on him. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Zay, you could cut Aaron Rodgers in half, literally, and drag half of his body out on that field, as long as it's his upper half, and he's wearing that helmet, and he's got an arm. I'm still concerned. Yeah, I am concerned. Now, ultimately, I think I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win a close one. I think they need to go and win like a 21-17, you know, 24-19 kind of ball game. But he always scares me. He yeah. always scares me. The throw to Cook still haunts my dreams. Yes, the Dez, the Dez game for everybody else is about the Dez catch. That's not what bothers me about that game. It's the overall there. It's the fact that I knew they weren't getting out of there with that win. Even if you give, even if Dez gets that catch, that Cowboys defense was not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, they just weren't. They weren't. There were four minutes left in that game. He was going to beat them. I just, I believe it in my soul. So that one doesn't that one doesn't haunt me. The Cook throw does. That Cook throw, man, that's one of the greatest throws I've ever seen. Because that's in 
our house. He did that in Jerry World. Those are the ones that eat me alive. Lambo's Lambo. That's your place. To do that at Jerry World like that in the biggest moment to a guy at the time, I think Jarrett Cook was 59 years old when he ran that route, <laughs> drove me nuts. It still drives me crazy. Every time I see Jared, Jer- is it Jared Jared Cook, right? Is that his name? Um, Jared Cook. I think, I, think, I think I've got that right. That guy, every time I see him, I just, uh, I think he's finally out of the league now. But man, that one that one does haunt me too. Yeah, Cal- I, I, but I, I'm definitely going with the Cowboys. Like, if you lose the way they lost to their division rival, the Detroit Lions, 15 to 9, like they couldn't move the ball. Aaron Rodgers was throwing picks. That pass that Aiden Hutchinson had, that was one of the worst passes I've ever seen. Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. he's probably loving that. Dude, he threw the ball low to an offensive lineman. I don't need- why, he like was doing to a lineman. A lineman that just got back. Yeah. Like, this is, I mean, I get it. He's one of the weird. best left tackles in all of football when healthy, but uh, he's not one of the best wide receivers. And yep. They're, yep. they're still missing Devontae Adams. That that will continue to haunt them. It's a wounded animal. They've got to go beat them. Yeah, they, they got have to. absolutely got yeah. to go beat them. Cowboys Packers is a 325 on Sunday right here on the Horn. Longhorns and TCU, 630 kick Saturday night right here on the Horn. If you love our two big circus tents, this is your week, Cowboys fans and Longhorn fans. Up next, let's get you a Flex 30 segment. Some players by the numbers. One of my favorite defensive players in the area has had a big week statistically, and another one of my favorite defensive players in the area needs a little love. We will get you that coming right up. More Longhorn talk coming throughout the show. Let us know what you think, Longhorn fans. Specs text line 337-3776. Do you agree with Justin Wells? Are you leaning Longhorns in this matchup? More coming up on the Horn. Damn shame what they're doing to that guitar. Man, somebody's hurting that thing. It's a fairly intense tune you found here, Zay. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this sounds like uh, sounds like this song's not quite done doing what it's going to do. Sounds like we might be about to head some, uh, some another layer of hell. Yeah. You could feel that one coming, couldn't you? Dun, 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 dun. Sounds like a sounds like a bunch of dudes with bats coming to take your city down. Hmm. Ooh, do I change my guess here? It kind of sounds like him. Yeah. All right, I'll try it. Pantera? That away. There we go. Okay. I couldn't quite. It sounded it took like. took you a little bit. It, but. it sounded like Phil. The music was tight. Sounded like the, uh, the, the Abbott brothers killing it. Sadly, I think they're both gone now. Oh. Because I think my man Vinnie Paul is gone. God, what an incredible band they were. Out of Dallas. Just changed the whole game. Uh, shout out to Pantera. Go listen to some old Pantera if you haven't. Little Cowboys from Hell. Vulgar display of power. Vulgar display of power, maybe my maybe one of my favorite album covers of all time. Just a dude getting punched in the face, and they stop it in <laughs> slow motion. 
slow motion. He's getting full punched right in the face, and it's called Vulgar Display of Power. It is so good. Pantera, Hootie and the Blowfish, and ZZ Top were never on a bill together in the 80s, but they should have been. It should have been at some weird club in Deep Ellum, and I should have. I would have definitely been there. Although I don't think Hootie and the Blowfish were together maybe in the 80s. Maybe they were. Uh, hopefully you're having a great Wednesday, getting fired up for Texas and TCU. Uh, lots of thoughts there uh, as we we get ready for it. Somebody, uh, let's see. Do you know that TCU has injured every Big Twelve quarterback they played? Every this year? single one. What? Like during the game? Yes. I didn't realize that. Yes. Okay. They've been very lucky this season. All right. It's that, but also the teams that they play have been very unlucky, and it's not like they are dirty or anything. It's just been unfortunate situations. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there you go. Quinn and the offensive line, you may want to pay attention to to that kind of a fact. Uh, Texas and TCU coming up. Also, speaking of uh, later, speaking of Texas and TCU, a man that knows both very, very well will join Rod and Harge a little later today. Ball Don't Lie, of course, cranks up at 3 when we're done. 4.30, CDC, you know he's got some feelings about this weekend. Uh, you know he'll be flashing the hook'em horns, but he spent a lot of time in purple. So CDC at 4.30 joining the guys today. Also tonight, your Longhorn Blitz podcast with Rod and Jeff and Matt. Even deeper into Longhorn football. If you've never heard it, you love your Longhorns, you got to check it out. 7 o'clock on Wednesdays, we bring you the Longhorn Blitz podcast. 8 o'clock, it's Fight Night, episode 400 of Fight Night, according to Eddie and Jordan. They are the longest continuing, run, continuously running sports show in Austin, period. And I have not counted it all up, but I guess I'll agree with them. Episode 400. Man. Congrats to those those guys. Love their show. Yeah, congrats to them. Talking about people punching people, the unscripted variety. We got a big UFC card this weekend, including Adesanya defending the belt. So that's at 8 o'clock tonight. And then our man Stu and Justin with Sports Guys talking wrestling at 9 o'clock. They just had, I think they just had Crown Jewel with WWE or are about to have Crown Jewel. There's a lot of stuff going on with AEW. You know Stu's going to keep you up to date. Stu and Justin love talking wrestling, and they will do that at 9 o'clock tonight. All right, every day about 1.30, we love to talk a little high school sports and tell you about Flex. Let's hit some stats as we get ready for the playoffs. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Isaiah, you and I both had a chance to get over to the, uh, was it, okay, we both went to Dripping Springs Bowie, and then did you see Bowie play Maynard? Bowie hasn't played. Or no, Bowie didn't play Maynard. You no, saw Maynard. I, you saw Maynard play somebody, though, right? Yeah, I saw Maynard play Vandegrift. Maynard Vandegrift. There you go. So I think you would agree with me that when those two get together here in the playoffs, it is truly two teams that want to beat you a completely different way. Dripping Springs wants to beat you with Novasad's arm, and Maynard wants to beat you with Joiner's legs. And whoever gets to, gets their way wins that ball game. Yeah, 
Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I'm with that. You know, Dripping Springs, their defense is tough. They got a lot of guys that look good in pads. And on a high school level, that's big if you want to advance and keep on going in the playoffs. And stopping Joyner, he's starting to get his groove back. I felt like there were a couple games this season. You know, obviously he's the point of emphasis for every defense on when you play the Maynard Mustangs and trying to stop their offense. But he's finally picking up where he left off in 2021. And he's that guy that Lincoln Riley fell in love with that will be in Southern California. Cal next year, so they got a tough test, Dripping Springs does, but when you got that guy going to Baylor on the other side, completely controlling the offense, all those wide receivers, and the Dripping Springs Tigers, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, Quentin Joyner had 350 yards last week and four touchdowns. If he does that against Dripping Springs, they probably win the game. I mean, if he's able to control things like that, I think they're going to be a little too one-dimensional. I think Dripping Springs is going to get them, and that defense of Dripping Springs, uh, as much as everybody's talking about Nova Sod and the offense, the defense has been really impressive to me. If you go to that game, keep your eyes peeled for number 11 for Dripping Springs. Thompson Vickery, 6'5", 215, their D-end, outside linebacker. They play, Yo, no, I, they play him everywhere. He sometimes looks like he's playing safety. Sometimes he's looking like a nose tackle. He's incredible. He is incredible. Yes. He's every bit of 6'5". Yep. I don't know where he's going, but he'll definitely have a scholarship or opportunities to – place football after high school yeah that's a big time matchup to watch this week also shout out to alex foster out of vandergriff he's one of my favorite defensive players in the area he had 15 tackles and 10 solos last week if you watch vandergriff play defense just you'll see no i don't have to tell you to watch for number eight you're gonna see him he's going to make tackles all night long 15 tackles 10 solos and zay he is one of the main guys that's going to be trying to deal with. It's Max Barnes, right? Yeah, Max the, Barnes. The Bowie running back. Conyer Kenyon, the yeah. quarterback. Uh-huh. Those guys, they definitely have their hands full with all the weapons that Vandergriff brings to the table. And, yeah, I, I can't keep saying this enough, Chad. Not playing Lake Travis last week. Of course you want to play the best teams. You know, Jeff Abels, he's a hell of a competitor, always has been. You know, it's been close to my family. Him and my dad are very tight, very close. So I've always known the fire that Coach Abels has. But with not playing that game and having another week to rest and get healthy, mm-hmm. I think that might benefit the dogs and give them a little bit of an advantage going into this game on Friday. Yeah, it might make them a little fresher. Uh, we'll see how that can uh, affect things. Also, let me get a shout-out to one of my other favorite defensive players in the area. Uh, somebody reached out to me. Actually, I saw it on Twitter that somebody had thrown it out about Ivy Webb out at Anderson. He's in the 23 class. He's one of our all-flex guys at linebacker. 6'2", 210, and check these stats out. 172 total tackles. He is the 6A state leader in tackles, Zay. Leader in total tackles. 103 solos this year. He's blocked a kick, seven sacks. Oh, by the way, 4.0 GPA and a 14-10 on the SAT. Smart guy. My man's in the classroom as well. And I hear tell, I hear a rumor in the last day or so that he does that he has offers. But he doesn't have a D1 offer? Let's spread the word a little bit on IV Webb. He is a tackling machine at 6'2-210. Maybe you're trying to figure out exactly where he projects to that next level. But, man, Zay, I've, I've had a chance to meet this kid and, and his dad and the, and the family. They are all about football, and this kid is a tackling monster. 
Yeah, I, I think they're being a little light on that too, Tim, because the way he looks, number 44 for Anderson, he looks like he's about 225, but that just shows the way that he plays. He's mm. ferocious out there, gets to the ball in a heartbeat, and yeah, I, if I'm anybody that's trying to get a kid with that type of drive, that type of motor, I would definitely look at Webb because he has it, and yeah, don't look at the measurements, but hey, some team's going to benefit from him being a smaller guy, then he's going to get on campus, put some weight on, get in mm-hmm. that weight room, and they're, they're going to have a stud at their hands. You- he's, a, he's a very special guy. Let's get one of these D1 programs interested in a guy like IV Webb. That's what the Flex thing is all about for us. FLXATX.com. We want to get the stories out there. We want to get the successes out there. We want to tell you about these kids and when they get those offers and when they get those chances to go to school and you know maybe even when one of them decides to you know change his decision like Colton Voss did yesterday when he decided that he didn't want to be committed to Oklahoma. He wanted to be committed to, uh, what was that school that he went to today? Oh, Texas. It was Texas that he decided to commit to <laughs> yesterday. So we'll let you know about all that. Check out flxatx.com for all your latest high school sports news. Coming up at 2.05, it's Chip Brown of Horns247.com. He was in Manhattan for the big Texas win. We'll get his thoughts on that and how he feels things can translate to this TCU matchup. There are no shortage of sports of uh, headlines for that game and different uh, subplots. We'll think. Uh, we'll see what Chip is thinking about this game. Up next, it's where are we at in society with Isaiah. I don't know if he can top the video yesterday of that mom dump trucking her eight-year-old kid in a football uniform, but we'll see on the horn. Take you to the water and make you drink because the funk sure gonna make you stink. That is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Um, I'm just gonna go with the legend and guess it's George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars. Nope, wrong George. George Duke. George, Reach for it. George Duke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on the cover, he's in between two women. Oh. It looks like they're having a great time. I see. Fair enough. How many takes do you think they? they how many takes you think it got to, took to get that cover right? Like 20? Oh, uh, no. 25? Probably, probably just one. Just one? Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then get out? Yeah, get out! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get out! George Duke, Pantera, Hootie and the Blowfish, ZZ Top have all been a part of the show today. We got Chip Brown coming up at 2.05, Horns247.com, the flagship podcast. The Morning Brew articles as well. Speaking of the Horns247 crew, you got the Longhorn Blitz podcast tonight at 7.00. Fight Night, episode 400. Shout out to those guys. 8 o'clock, sports guys talking wrestling at 9. And remember, Rod and Harge coming up with Ball Don't Lie. They're going to talk to CDC. Chris Del Conte's got some TCU Texas feelings. It's not just about Gary Patterson this week. CDC at 4.30 to talk about all that will be going on Saturday with game day coming in. If you go to hornfm.com, you can see the full schedule for everything that's going on Saturday. Right now, it's where we at in society. We'll see if Zay's got something for us. 
Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, it's not a challenge or anything. I just don't feel like you can match yesterday's video of the parents tackling the children. No, no, that's going to be a tough act yeah. to follow. So, But we'll see what we can do. This okay. is a very petty, messy story that's been going down for over 30 years. Now, oh, wow. a lot of people might not know this about me, but my full name is Isaiah Jordan Collier. My dad, being a basketball coach, him and my mom are very big basketball fans. So I was named after Isaiah Zeke Thomas, Bad Boys Pistons, okay. and Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Wow, no pressure. Arguably the greatest of all time. Yeah, so I knew I wasn't going to be a good basketball player at all. So <laughs> way too much pressure. That's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I had no chance. But these guys, ironically, have had beef for 30-something years. I could say it probably started with the Jordan rules and Michael losing in the playoffs to Zeke. 88, 89, and 90, and then him finally overcoming and getting Mm -hmm. his first ring by going through the Bad Boys Pistons where Isaiah Thomas didn't shake their hand after a four-game embarrassing sweep in the Palace, famously known, just walked right past the guys, straight to the locker room, and he walked sketchy too. He was like looking to the side and like ducking and dodging, Uh and that started the beef for years and years where Isaiah Thomas was on the last dance. And you can tell just still got fishy there. Isaiah Thomas didn't get invited to the Dream Team. Chuck Daly was the coach. Mm-hmm. So that was Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons coach. But Isaiah is clearly still salty and said, recently, until I get a public apology, this beef is going to go on for a long time because I'm from the west side of Chicago. Oh, wow. He wants a public apology from Mike? From Mike. Because he said on the last dance, he called me an a-hole, I watched the whole documentary, and it was all about him being an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he wants an, apolog- or an apology from Michael Jordan. I don't think it's happening. And Isaiah Thomas, yeah, it's probably very hard for him being a Chicago native yeah. and seeing that guy probably rank supreme. Oh, sorry, sir. Seeing that guy be the guy in the city. Yeah. Yeah, he is Chicago, Michael Jordan. So here's my question. If we ever got those two guys to sit down together for a live interview to just hash it all out, who does the interview? Magic Johnson. That, that <laughs> is the, like, that, I, I think you got the answer. Yeah, I, yeah Magic I think Johnson. you got it in one. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, because Magic's cool with both of those guys. And Magic had his beef with Isaiah Thomas for a little bit. Yep. You know, they, they have their troubles, there, and there's a good— Because isn't there some thought that one of the—there's multiple reasons, I think, why he didn't end up on the Dream Team. But isn't there some thought that Magic didn't want him on the Dream Team? I don't know. It was, it was more Scotty and Mike. Okay. In order to get Mike along, Isaiah couldn't be on he the team. He just couldn't be there. Okay. And Scotty was like, yeah, I, I definitely ain't playing with him because Isaiah Thomas, even though he had the smile and stuff, he was the general on those bad boy Pistons teams where yeah. Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman, they were taking heads off. And, yeah. you know, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, those guys – they were the ones getting their heads taken off majority of the time. So, yeah, they were very petty and bitter about Zeke being on the squad. If Clearly I, they ain't need him. If Isaiah just shaking hands, does he get on the Dream Team, you think? Is it that simple? Maybe. If he had just been a man about it? Maybe. Remember his, and you remember his excuse. His excuse 
If you watch that Bad Boys, I think it was the Bad Boys documentary that pointed this out, or maybe it was the the one you're talking about, um, the Last Dance. But he 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 blamed the Celtics. He said when the Celtics, when they got by the Celtics finally, that the Celtics wouldn't shake their hands, so that's why they didn't shake the Bulls' hands. That's a lie. I've seen Mikhail shake those guys' hands after they yeah. lost in what '88. Yeah, I didn't quite. I didn't totally buy that. Maybe one Bird didn't. Yeah, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was Larry Bird. But Bird was getting his head knocked in too. Like, there's film of Bird and Lambeer getting going after it, and fists were flying. Like, it was a different era. I'm good with not shaking hands. I, I wish they didn't shake hands now. Sometimes it gets way too friendly, and I don't appreciate that. Like, you don't need to shake guys' hands every game. It's okay to have beef with players. I don't have a problem. I never had a problem with whether or not you wanted to shake hands after the game ended. My problem was you left before the game ended. That, to me, is the mistake of, of Isaiah and those Pistons. you got to stand there and take your medicine. You guys got by the Celtics. You got a couple titles. This team has now gotten by you. They're going to go for their first title. Be a man and stand there till the clock says zero and you hear, and then you can do whatever you want. You can do it. You cannot shake a hand or whatever, but don't go and you said it, don't go slinking off before the game ends. Be a man and, and just stand there. And then, I don't, the, the, the handshake part, whatever. I'd shake hands, but you got to stay till it's over. Yeah, yeah, definitely got to stay. And yeah, they're just too old to be this bitter. But I think I love that I they do, are. I, I, I kind of like it. it. Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on, it's great. It is great. I kind of like that it's there. You know, you know when it'll happen. Like we'll finally get this interview I'm talking about when all three of those guys are like in their seventies. Just be three old men sitting around <laughs> on ESPN 58 or whatever the channel will be at the time. Some weird streaming service that is in our brains. It's implanted in there. You don't even have to turn the TV on. And they'll just be gray and bitter. And it's like, all you had to do was shake my hand. Yo, last year when at the All-Star game where all those 75 best players came together, you didn't see much of Zeke and Jordan talking and stuff. And Jordan was showing everybody love. He was hyped to be there. He loved seeing all of the players, especially everybody take him in because now you got guys that looked up to Jordan in the top 75. So he's getting a different kind of love. And, yeah, there's a weird film that's out there where you just – they, 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 that beef is real. Yeah, they, it is real. Some grudges just do not go away. Two o'clock hour coming up. Texas and TCU. That grudge match is Saturday evening. Does the Gary Patterson ingredient give Texas the edge? We'll talk to Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Is that the storyline he's most focused on, or is it something else? And what did he see in Manhattan last Saturday that would give him belief? that Texas can get this win and maybe a couple others and head back to Jerry World. Chip Brown next on the Horn.